Welcome to the Ages Comics of Alaska podcast, where we tell Alaskans what to put in their box at Alaska's comic book shop. I always wished I could do something better than comics, but there didn't seem to be anything. This is the Ages Comics of Alaska podcast, and now your hosts, Lou and Amy Joe. Hey guys, it is Lou here. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I got my co-host today, Kelly Turney. How you doing? Doing good. How you doing? Man, we are we're a little tired, man. It's been a long day today, man. It's been a long couple days. Yeah, I'll tell you, man. They, uh, retirement my ass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, before we get the show started, just letting you guys know, uh, big shout out to all our sponsors. Uh, from the Awakenings Coffee to Dave Eller Financial Services, and of course yours truly. If you're looking for a house, whether you're buying, selling, I got you covered. I'll have the link in the description below so you can check us out. And for those of you that want to find information out about the shop, you can always check us out on the web at agescomicsalaska.com. That's agescomicsalaska.com. And of course, remember this this segment is called the Heroes Without Capes. Heroes Without Capes. And uh, once again, this would not be possible without our friends at Patreon. So remember, guys, every penny that you throw down on that Patreon helps us out, helps us to be able to keep this content going. And it also helps out with our veteran uh, 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 events that we do. And it also helps us help out people uh, that are short on their uh, pull boxes. And uh, let's see here. I think I got everything covered, so let's get on with this show. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, life after the uniform, man. Because you and I were having a chat the other day about this topic, about life after the uniform. Let me do a... uh, for the audience, you guys know that I uh, I was in law enforcement before. I was a trooper, and before that, I was in Coast Guard. Um, Kelly and I met. We were essentially detectives at uh, one of the busiest investigative units in the state of Alaska, yeah. bar none. Uh, the Matsu Valley, I think, uh, uh, just for the child crimes portion, we were looking at, I think, over 300 reports of harm per year. Just in the Matsu Valley, and I know it's way more than that. I think it was like 375 reports of harm that were coming in to just our office there. Yeah. And uh, that's the stuff that's reported. That's not even the unreported stuff. And then we also did the adult crimes, the felony investigations, the rapes, the murders, the officer-involved shootings. We did it all. And uh, uh, so after that, we each left law enforcement and we needed to do something new so why don't you tell everybody uh, about your journey from law enforcement to where you are right now yeah for sure i mean kind of my backstory is you know i put myself through the police academy back in 98 um and then in 99 i went up on the north slope and worked my first four and a half five years uh in barrow and some of the smaller villages up there really cut my teeth on cases that would normally go to detectives um, but you're it, man. I mean, I had one night where I had seven uh, sex abuse cases of a minor come in because these girls 
had a slumber party and everybody started talking, oh, this happened to me and then this happened to me. And then before I know it, I got all these kids in my, you know, in my squad room trying to go through and, and do these things. But, uh, you know, about four and a half, five years up there. And then uh, in 2003, moved down to Palmer. And of course, that's where we met. And I was at the Palmer Police Department uh, for almost 10 years. And uh, six of those years, I was the sole detective. So small enough department to where there's only one detective. But, you know, we handled, I mean, I handled everything from bounce checks to dead bodies is kind of what I tell people um, along the way. And then really depended on that camaraderie and that teamwork with uh, the state troopers and APD and, and other municipal agencies because it was just me. So if I needed someone, you know, to come and take a look at some paperwork I was writing up for court or um you know any of those other things man that's why I was always on in your office going hey man can you look at this because I need another set of eyes um and then uh I met my wife uh, my future wife um and uh came up with a plan uh about 14 15 years in I just wasn't feeling it anymore um and when I first started police work um I had this grizzled sergeant who recently passed away of cancer. Um, he told me, Mike told me, he said, uh, man, when you're done, you're done. He said, don't stay a day longer than you have to because you're giving your piece of a soul to people who don't necessarily, not deserve it, but really don't respect it. And so don't be afraid to walk away. And, you know, the other sound piece of advice he gave me is, you know, your Kelly Turney but you just right now happen to be a police officer, all right? But you're not, that's not your identity. Like, if you go do something else, you can be Kelly the ditch digger. You can be Kelly the Walmart greeter. You can be Kelly whoever you want. But don't let this, I mean, go all in and do your job, but don't let this thing run your life to the point to where um, it's your identity because that's where things get dangerous. And I think especially after you walk away um, from the badge and from the, the kind of that blue family that's where if that's all you have that's where it really tests you mentally and you can end up in some dark and dangerous places and i've seen friends do that um and so that's kind of um we you know i pivoted big time man i i for a short time i did some uh detective work and some private work but i just wasn't happy with it and so i found something i love to do even more than police work um, and so I started, my wife and I started an antique business and that's what I've been doing for the last decade, man. And I love it. You know, I don't wake up a single day going, man, I gotta go, gotta go to work. <laughs> so, you know, we, um, I shared with you when I left the troopers, uh, um, that, uh, I went through a very hard transition phase, you know, like yourself, I had been wearing a uniform since age of 18 i yeah. i knew no other lifestyle and even though we read the books that emotional survival for law enforcement that clearly tells you that your identity is not your career field your identity is you and what you establish because you have that's just a small sliver of the pie you know yeah you, absolutely uh, you're you're a dad you're a husband you're an atv enthusiast you're a comic collector you're an antiques collector you're an adventurer these are all these other things that define you and it's up to us to make that slice of the pie much bigger of what we want to actually be and what makes us happy right right so uh i remember looking at you uh, as you had this 
this awesome business that had nothing to do with law enforcement, had nothing to do with uniform. And I said, okay, he's got, he's onto something. And I had gone through counseling. You know, we, we have seen some horrific things on that job. And there's a toll that uh, people don't understand that it's not one single event. You know, you can walk into a bad car crash or a really bad case, but it's not the single things more than likely. It's a cumulative effect. You know, it's the repeated things that you're having to deal with. Um, like the lady that buries her unborn baby in the front yard and yeah you just remember that cra- case? crazy stuff <laughs> but, i mean yeah uh, the book that my counselor had me read was called finishing well and i strongly recommend this book to people and it is going straight with the the topic that we're talking about right now about finishing well and they show different examples uh, famous people, one of them being Roger Starbuck, who literally changed his uh, his direction multiple times throughout his life. Yeah. He, because he saw the writing on the wall, and he made sure that you know he wasn't just defined as a initially as a college football player. He knew that that wasn't gonna uh, define him, so he became a naval aviator, and he knew that was gonna eventually wear out. So then he became an NFL superstar you know star quarterback for dallas cowboys when they actually won a couple of games <laughs> and he realized that a team like that could never sustain him <laughs> so but but he knew that um the uh shelf life of a of a professional football player was what and three to five years max typically that then your knees and everything else are gone uh there are some that by the grace of god are able to stay a longer career but that's very rare yeah. So while he was the portion that I focused on uh, in that book, while he was still playing for Dallas, he started working on getting his real estate license and started practicing real estate. Eventually, he became one of the most successful brokers in uh, the Dallas area. Yeah. And so when he left the NFL, unlike many of his counterparts, he already had a full-blown business and completely different trade from what he had been accustomed to yeah and walked into that trade and dominated it i i I just well i think he's passed now but uh he i mean he finished well and uh you and i had this conversation about uh it it's almost insanity to stay chasing a failed technique or stay chasing that that same that that same trade, uh, in, in in particular the the uh, law enforcement uh, career, you know, it, that shelf life is probably just as short. To be honest, I think I think they're talking now. The average the average law enforcement officer only stays for five years, and they dip. Yeah, I mean, I I I think that when you take a look at um, transitioning out of law enforcement. Um, I think it, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty, like with any life change. I mm-hmm. mean, and, you know, so you fall back on what you know. And unfortunately, if you, the longer you're in the game, you know, the longer you're serving, the more that's what you know. Um, and similar to what you were just saying about Roger Staubach, my wife and I started part time the antique business. And so that was kind of a side hustle that organically grew into 
a full-fledged business that I ran full-time day-to-day. And, of course, like she jokes around, she has to have the uh, the real job so I can go play. <laughs> you know, my wife, uh, Becky, she um, runs the uh, 911 center, the uh, dispatch center there at Palmer Police and has for a number of years. So the joke was when we were on the job, but she got to tell me what to do when I was at work and at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I knew oh, if yeah. I got sent on too many dog calls, I was in the doghouse. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just... The the people that I see the happiest, that I see struggling the least, and this is just my observation, are the people who have transitioned and turned to do something completely separate. And I mean, don't go do private security up on the slope, not doing, you know, interviews for insurance companies, not doing like totally. I know that's a skill set that that you have and 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 that I miss. I mean, I miss sitting in a room making a bad guy tell me what he did and thanking me and then knowing that he's going to be going away for a while. That's gratifying. But at the same time, I really like going home every night and just hanging out with my wife and not dealing with any of that stuff. But the people I see the happiest are the people who find something that has nothing to do with their profession, whether that's you with your real estate and comics with a, another true friend of ours that does woodworking stuff. Right. Um, sometimes they get into uh, business and, and maybe buy a restaurant or do a food truck, um, you know, fabrication, welding, whatever it is, but it has nothing to do. Not, not to say that you're not going to still network with those people because there are a lot of those people that you've been on those calls with, man, that have saved your life or that, you know, you, you don't even have to say a word. Y'all can just, walk down an aisle and know what the other's going to do and i've got a lot of friends like that right but you can still have those relationships and not have to you know um be you know be in that frame of mind where you're always looking you know for uh, for that I, it is absolutely critical that you find something that makes you happy that does not put you back in the same environment that you left so why i enjoy the entrepreneurial side uh, for the listeners we have a lot of military vets we have a lot of guys in unhappy positions in the uh, maybe uh, some target employees some um, who are part of the corporate world uh, in some ways there's no difference between law enforcement the corporate world the uniform services uh, very similar You'll have, you may be blessed for your first couple of years working for the best leader ever. And then all of a sudden you end up working for a manager. And we all know the difference between a leader and a manager. Yep, 100%. You'll know it because you'll be miserable under a manager. And you'll find, at least for me, uh, growing up and then uh, putting on the uniform, I found that you're sitting there. Even though you should be happy with your own performance, we're taught that our evaluations define us. They define our ability to promote, which translates to earning more income to bless our families and to keep food on the table. And the feedback that you receive is based off of a lot of bias a lot of times. There's politics involved sometimes. who you know, whether they like you or not, can affect those evaluations. When you're an entrepreneur, when you own your own hustle, your own business, your bank account, your register at, at the end of each day 
is your evaluation. You get right. immediate feedback. Correct. You know whether you did things right or wrong that day. You're not waiting six months and with the troopers it could be two years because they would always do your evals so late because it wasn't their priority yeah and uh uh you could you'd be waiting for this evaluation and you could be doing legitimately things wrong for two years and all of a sudden you get smacked in the face with hey by the way you've been wrong all this time we just decided to tell you now whereas in our new niches this new lifestyle that we've embraced we can self-evaluate on a daily basis and, and the decisions and, and switch and, and switch directions. and change lanes yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is is you know if you're going to like in my business you know you can make a lot of five and 25 and 50 dollar mistakes right in the antique business when you're learning you don't want to make those big 500 dollar mistakes well in law enforcement you can't make mistakes because nope. you might not come home that's so right. you're, so there's that, but you brought up a good point at the very beginning of that was, you know, you left for a reason. Okay. Now w- that reason is special to you and, and that's in your head and in your soul and why you left, but you left for a reason. Most people, uh, leave because they're burnt out. Um, they didn't like the politics. They didn't like the new, um, the new leader or manager, um, at the department. They didn't like their new assignment. They left for a reason. And so if you know you left for a reason, you know, don't forget that reason, you know, right. because we, we have a real short memories, man. And all we remember is the good, you know, remember the, the, the good stuff. But there's there's some bad that needs to keep you motivated. And, you know, um, in our new new hustle, it's self-motivation. Right. You know, every day you got to get up and go, OK, what am I doing today to better my business, to better things for my family, better things for myself to make myself more structured and disciplined because, you know, like you said, you wore a uniform since you were 18. My dad was in the Army, so I grew up a military brat as well. Structure, mm-hmm. structure, structure, structure. Right. And when you're in law enforcement, what do they teach you from the academy? Very beginning. Structure, 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 structure. Okay. Once you leave that life, that structure leaves. And you are the one responsible for putting that structure in place. Right. And if you don't do that, that's where bad things happen. That's where you develop bad habits. Maybe you develop an addiction to um, sitting on your butt and playing video games. Maybe you develop an addiction to Miller Lite. Maybe you make addictions to other things that you probably shouldn't that aren't healthy Mm -hmm. for you or for your family. Um, And so a lot of it is self-motivation. And then also having people to talk to, you know, and be able to bounce things off. We still talk. We still right. bounce. But now, instead of me bouncing search warrants affidavits off you, I'm bouncing business ideas off you. I'm like, hey, Lou, what do you think of this? Which and immediately, which immediately tran- uh, translates to profitability. Whereas in law enforcement, uh, the what wears you out is when you put in your when you bring your A game. And all of a sudden, a lazy district attorney dumps your case because they're addicted to some. I had one district attorney that was addicted to cocaine, you know, (laughs) you know, and you don't know. You're just sitting there scratching your head and your customer base, i.e. the victims and the community that you serve are all being mistreated. Yeah. Whereas in this realm. Uh, I don't rely on that. If my distributor screws me over, 
I cut that distributor loose yeah. and I go to the next one. If a customer, if one customer is holding me back because they refuse to pay for accountability, I cut them loose and put my focus on all my good customers. Yeah. And, it, and it is within my control. And that's what I love about, it's not for everyone, but if you're listening to this and you're looking for uh, an opportunity uh, to change your environment, owning your own business is probably one of the best ways. Because I can tell you right now, the buck stops with me. I'm the commissioner. Right. I'm the president. Yeah. You know, I'm the man in charge. And it it literally, the buck stops with me. And when I want to make a better environment for my staff, the people that work for me, I can just make that decision. Right. Because it's mine. I don't have to get permission from anyone to take care of them. Right. I just do it. Yeah. With, without consequence of, oh, you jumped the chain of command. I am the chain of command. Right. You know, and that feels good. It feels great. And the good thing, and the great thing about my situation with, with my business, uh, with my wife, is she lets me handle the day-to-day. So, like, the day-to-day mm-hmm. in the store, I handle all that. But if there's a major business decision to be made, an estate to be purchased, an expensive piece of art or whatever, a, a, a collaboration that's going to be done with another business, something that's out of the norm of a day-to-day thing, that goes home and we sit and we talk this out um, and say, okay, what are the benefits? What are the, the the downfalls that could happen for this? Where would this take us? Where would it take this collaborative effort? You know, because... You know, we're second chance people. We've been given second, third, fourth chances through our lives. And so if there's a business out there in the past that maybe didn't have the best of luck the first time, you know what, and they want to do a collaboration, you know, let, mm-hmm. let's do it. You know, let's let's see what you can do, um, because I think the world needs to give more second chances to people um, because you've been, you know, you've more than likely been blessed with them. You just kind of forget them. Uh, over time and I think that's one thing that I'm very very happy about is my wife reminds me of that is that we're second chance people and sometimes I can get a little emotional because it is man it's it's my baby right Alaska Picker we started that with 50 square feet leased in somebody else's space and in 10 years you know we had 3,500 square feet we collabed with Bleeding Heart Brewery and we had the only place in the state of Alaska, and I believe one of the few places in the United States where you could grab a beer and go shop for antiques. And it was the coolest vibe, and it was wonderful. Um, and that brought forth be from the very beginning. So this this my baby. you know. Right. And now we're in another transition where, you know, my wife and I were moving to Ohio. And so, you know, closing down that shop has been very stressful for me because that was my baby. And so now, you know, every morning for 10 years, I got up, you know, grabbed some breakfast, went to the shop, spent my two, three hours putting things together. That was my time, getting things ready for the day, making my appointments, whatever. And now I don't have a store to go to. Mm. So, but I got to get my butt up in the morning. I still got to hustle. You still have your hustle. Exactly. I still got accountability. I still have to be accountable. I got to be accountable to the business. I got, uh, you know, customers to be accountable to. I'd be accountable to my wife. She's my business partner, my family. And so that self-motivation really kicks in now. And, um, you know, I've struggled with that, honestly, over the uh, past month or so. Um, 
just making sure I get up every morning and do something to make sure I keep that momentum moving forward because I remind myself that all of this pays for all of that. Right. You know, this new transition for my family and for our life, all of this still pays for all of that. And so I got to remind myself of that. And when I do that, that's what helps. Or I reach out and say, or are you, you know, I hear you or I hear other businessmen, hey, you know what? We're trying this. Right. And it just, you're like, man, what are you, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Resting. Get up. Get up and get out and get going. You know, yeah. Uh, I mean, we motivate each other in that regard. I mean, in our situation, it kind of helps that our our, our spouses are best friends. But <laughs> yeah, they started off in the same trade. Yeah, but uh, uh, dispatching. But uh, um, I I will tell you that uh, um, it's easy for us to feed off of each other because of that. Because we understand the importance of the hustle, and uh, you'll see. A lot of guys that do jump into certain um, trades, but they jump in with the employee mindset and not the business owner mindset, and they end up failing miserably. A perfect example of that would be DoorDash or the uh, Uber drivers. They jump in with the mentality that they work for DoorDash and they work for Uber when in fact they're an independent contractor that owns their own business and they should be literally investing in their business their hustle getting their word out putting out merch putting out content using social media getting a youtube channel getting a podcast going about you know their hustle and showing other people how to do the hustle where i see it right now is in real estate i do not work for my broker i am not i am not my broker's employee my license sits at her office. Her job is to keep me out of trouble and to keep me educated. Right. And my charge, because it's not my job, my charge is to make sales, to make transactions that in turn were, were more of a symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. She keeps her lights on. She's able to keep on her full-time staff because I am treating my license and my my business as that. It's my business. Right. It's my brand. My website is not her website. It's my website. I have my own independent website. I have my own customers. I have my own ad campaigns. I have my own social media that benefits her and her actual employees. And I treat it as such. And because of that, she's happy to have me around because I I understood the assignment. Right. The assignment is to be in real estate. You are a business owner. If I want to, I can jump from broker to broker yeah. with my license. I'm not. It's, I, I think there's loyalty and stability, but nonetheless, it's my business. And, and, and you have to treat it that way. Yeah, and I, it's just you put your you put your own stink on your own thing. Ooh, I mean, yeah. you really do because like yep. anybody can anybody can resell, man. And there's hundreds, yep. if not thousands, of resellers, and that can and, and antique dealers all across the world, but especially uh, in the U.S. You know, granted, Alaska is a little more of a microcosm, but still, there are other pickers out there doing what I do. But we did it differently. There's only yeah. one Alaska picker. Hell, Correct. you guys had a TV show. We did. We did that. I mean, we, we've been very blessed to do a lot of fun things. But at the same time, we've given back. 
You know, we do a lot. We've done the lights on the water tower in Palmer. We've done we've done collaborations where we've raised money for different organizations. Um, you know, uh, there's just certain things that you really need to uh, keep your eye on the ball when it comes to those things. Um, and you know, the big thing for us is to you know, yes, you're 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 out there doing your thing, but really treating people with respect. Like mm-hmm. like we did when we were like you should be doing That's when right. you're in law enforcement because today's victim can be tomorrow's suspect and vice versa and you got to remember that and I had somebody again I was I don't know why there's like three or four things when I was just starting that I remembered and everything else is gone but another thing was he, that same sergeant told me every day when you go home tear the page off the off the piece of paper, you know off the notebook because tomorrow's gonna be a whole new day you're gonna deal with maybe deal with the same people. But it's going to be completely different. A different transaction. Just rip that yep, and throw that mm-hmm. piece of paper away and start out tomorrow new. Um, what was it? Uh, try to make every every transaction a positive one. They, it could start off negative, but you do your best to end it in a positive in one way. Correct. Uh, one way, shape, or the other. That way, when it's all said and done, you know... Uh, they know whether they're an antisocial psychopath or not that you attempted to at least treat them fairly. I, I literally have had people that I've arrested come to my shop and they don't remember the negative transaction. They recall the positive transaction. And that's why they still come to my shop and that's why they still shop with us because man, they remember the positive it, transaction. And that's a that's a weird thing, man. Um you remember I've only, when the old boy I don't want to say his name, remember when he hunted us down, yeah, each of us to apologize to us. Yeah, and so I had somebody I was out thrifting about a month ago out in Lasilla. And I had one of my old regulars I used to deal with all the time when he was a juvenile and then became an adult. And uh, he came up to me and he, he said, hey, Detective Turney? I hadn't heard that yeah. in a long time, man. So my, you know, right up. Yeah. And he goes, hey, I'm so-and-so. And I'm like, how you doing? He goes, hey, man, I just want to tell you thank you. You know, I'm sober now. And, you know, I, I know you used to really give me a hard time, but I really appreciate it because I think you helped save my life. And I've had that happen two or three times, and yep. it catches me off guard um, because that's not something you really think about. You're just going to work every day. But like you said, you know, you get that that maniac, the actual person that is not a good seed, and you have to sit across the table from them, have them tell you what they did. But at the end of the day, if they get up and shake your hand and thank you when you leave... I mean, mm-hmm. that's success. I mean, however you want to say it. Because no matter how much society views that person as a bad person, because they are, they've done something bad, they're still a human being and they still get to be treated with with respect and courtesy. Um, even though you don't agree at all on what they did or what they were charged with doing right. um, or what you're investigating, at the bottom, at the end of the day, they're still a human being. And so... Um, you know, and they they got to deal with what they got to deal with. Just like when we get up in the morning, we got to deal with the stuff we got to deal with. If it ended up in a negative transaction, ninety nine percent of the time they made that decision. 
Right. And and you can't control how they feel and what their response right. is. You know, you can only do what you can do. And it, and it, it's that way even in business. I mean, yeah. I've had I've had customers where I've explained to them, you know, why things cost certain things or when we go to, to an estate and we make an offer to buy certain things and you know, I'm I try to be very well versed in what I'm getting into and if I don't know, I have the phone a friend network right you know right. what i'm saying just like yep. we did back in the day you know yep. if, you, if you needed somebody for something you know who to call that's right um same thing in my business and you know sometimes people are like well you're just trying to rip me off and i'm like it is what it is you know just because it's old doesn't mean it's worth a million dollars um but still you still have to be it sometimes it just ain't there and you just thank you very much for your time and you have to walk away but at the same time you still got to be you still got to be a good human and, and that's what I, you know, you don't have to forget about your experiences. No. Fact, what you should be doing is applying those ex- those experiences from, in this case, in the uniform to the private sector and just making making it even more profitable now because yeah, you're, you know, you're, I- you're, you're doing something that's so different, but yet at the core, that positive transaction and respect is so critical right your ability to walk into a room and read people or to pick up on body language or just to talk to people like being an investigator you had to talk to people um and so just having the ability to talk about anything to anybody to break that ice you know to to use the term everyone uses in the business to break that ice to really kind of get that wall broke down so you can actually get into what you need to get into whether it's buying and selling things if it's selling i mean you can walk you have a customer come in right. you know a, a potential real estate customer you can tell within the first few minutes if they're shining you or if they're seriously interested right. right away and that's a skill that you picked up from your prior life that's right so Same you don't thing. have to forget it but you do i think the the moral of this story that we're telling right now is that uh when it's time to change the the page and uh, move on to a new chapter do that don't don't do something that keeps you stuck unhappy don't keep chasing the same thing over and over again you know uh, what 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 is the definition of insanity uh doing the same thing over and over over again expecting expecting a different different, uh result or or, or outcome outcome yeah yeah that's it's the same thing with your life right you know whether it be a relationship problem or something else you know if you if you're chasing after the same type of person and that same type of person always hurts you, you probably should change it up, man. <laughs> change the whole thing up. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing with uh uh with 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 the I I gotta tell you, I when I hear that a guy is leaving the service or leaving a department to become a private security consultant or a, a private investigator or something. I cringe now. Yeah, uh, we both tried that, and it was you were. It was worse. I don't. They could have paid me quadruple. Oh, it's it miserable. was just it, you're yeah. just miserable sitting in a car doing surveillance for insurance scam. No. I mean, listening to a football game on the radio, staring at a house across the park. It, man, I mean, no. Yeah, the money was decent, but no, that's that. That's that's the worst. It's like just sitting in a cell. It's just the worst, you know. Um, and and, and uh, I watched it. I watched a guy that had, and if he's listening to this, uh, I hope that you've changed trajectory. This guy had 40 years on with the department, 40 years. One of the most senior 
commanders in the department. One day, he was the man in the know, had sacrificed endless days with his family for this job to be a career law enforcement officer slash now manager um i criticized him a lot because i didn't i never felt he was a leader i always felt he was a manager Mm -hmm. Uh, when it came to managing numbers and stuff he was outstanding but being a leader he definitely did not motivate me to follow his his legacy but i don't think he understood the consequence because that day that he retired when you retire from that department you're done oh yeah yep. they took his pass card he, they took his id and all that stuff you're done he couldn't come back into the building unescorted yep. he no longer had access to all of the great information that he that he salivated over for the last 40 yeah. years that, Being plugged that was in. that was over yeah yeah. And how do you move on from that? I certainly hope that he read Finishing Well, and I certainly hope that he's doing something completely different. Man, I, there, I hope so. There was another um, high, you know, higher up when I worked at Palmer PD over at the Troopers, and the running joke was that 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 person would die with the BlackBerry in his hand, yep. and answering some email or some some press release or some stupid ass you know something yep. at two or three in the morning said again a good night's sleep yeah because he was all in all the time and i get it you know but ment- your mental health is just guy. yeah your mental health is just not worth it um and i would just you know my number one thing i would just recommend to people and it's just my two senses you know you'll you'll still have you'll still have your people you know That's there's still right. people that you will call and talk to and there'll be people that you thought you were close to that yep. you never see and, and you're still cordial with them when you see mm-hmm. them but it ain't the same once you take that uniform off and it took a little bit for me to understand that and actually when I retired I didn't go to the building but maybe twice the first 18 months to two years I didn't go to, to Palmer PD mm-hmm. Just because it wasn't my gig, and I figured I didn't need to be there. It's not my jam, you know what I mean. And it's not. And I did miss some of the guys, but um, my buddy uh, Jerry, he works at New York Police Department. Retired, nine eleven, great nine eleven responder, great great guy. He came up here. Funny quick story. He came up here to uh, arrest a fugitive um, that had a warrant out of New York. Guy owed eight years to the state. And so I did some surveillance, found out he was staying at his sister's house. He flew up. They gave him a week, him and his buddy Dom. They gave him a week to come up and get him. We picked him up first day. And then <laughs> the rest of the week, we got to show him Alaska. But yep. when he retired, I asked him if he missed it. And he says, man, uh, I miss the clowns. I don't miss the circus. Ooh, Which means I, I, miss, I miss the boys and the girls, but I don't miss any of the yeah. bull. I don't miss any of the politics. I don't miss any of that. He goes, I miss the clowns. But I don't miss the circus. And you could say so that. So well said. Yeah. You could say that about any job. Yeah. I mean, you could say that about a certain group of friends. You could say that anywhere. But that has always stuck with me, too. Is it, man, that, that that's really profound. Well, that's why you were watching, guys. Uh, remember, there was a time uh, uh, where 
you could time it like within two years of retirement these guys were dying because Law they identified they identified strictly with that yeah. uniform yeah i mean i i know there's a statistic out there that law enforcement has one of the highest mortality rates post-retirement of any profession mm-hmm. um and you know some of that is um the choices you make to in a second job you know whether that's being private security or, or you know something like that and unfortunately some of it's mental health yeah and you know what um Mental health is really important, and I've noticed that the older I've gotten, the more I really watch my mental health. Um, and you really have to reach out to people and talk to people, um, whether that's a therapist, whether that's your, one of your boys, one of your girls, whatever, um, your wife. I mean, there's going to be things that you probably don't want to talk to your spouse about, too, but I'm blessed in the fact I can tell my wife anything. Right, and she's understanding and loving and caring, and gives me good feedback. She's not a yes person, um, so I'm very blessed in that aspect. But um, your mental health is really important, and transitioning is hard. Going from you know that 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 blue family to a new family, I guess right. is the best way I could say it. But that new family's there, man, and you you don't have to be Kelly the co- or detective sergeant. I can tell now. You know, I've been in the valley long enough. If somebody goes, hey, Turney, mm-hmm. they knew me when I was a cop. That's right. If they go, hey, Kelly, they knew me from Picker. Right. And to this day, it rings true. I mean, even just the other day, somebody's like, hey, Turney. I turn around. I was cop. Like, yep. 100%. And, you know, it's funny that you say that because the what I love right now with this, uh, with this niche that uh, Amy and I have jumped into, and a lot of it thanks to you. Uh, in terms of motivating us, uh, we, I love that we have this new family, so to speak, this new relationship with all the people that we've met in the comic book community. It, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are cops, believe it or not, and some of them are retired cops, but a lot of them are not at all. No uniform experience whatsoever. And when they speak to me, they refresh me, man. Because I'm not hearing the recycled stories or anything that reminds me right. of the uniform pack. It's nice to have those people in your life too. That you're comp- they com- they help you completely disconnect from the negativity, right? Yep. Because I will tell you that one of the best sayings that my uncle Louis taught me who was my mentor growing up. He's the whole reason that... So, I grew up on welfare, broken household, uh, Puerto Rican and New York, New Yorican. By the statistics, I should still be in the city. I should not be anywhere remotely close to where I am right now. He taught me so many decades ago that the hood, whatever your hood is, is essentially a bucket of crabs. If you take a bucket of, and fill it with crabs, you will notice that you don't have to put a lid on that bucket because the crabs can't get out. As soon as one crab tries to get out, the other crabs pull it right back down. down into the bucket. It is up to us to remove ourselves from that environment and surround ourselves with non-crab people that help us to be better when i left the troopers 
I could have easily surrounded myself by other people that were bitter about leaving you that lifestyle. You left for a reason. You left for a reason. Absolutely. And when I left, I made sure that I immediately surrounded myself with the people that were positive and that were going to in- support my new decisions. Right. And that was critical. And now here I am in this community that keeps my wife and I motivated and disconnected from the craziness. They really do. Right. It's all comedy. um, And the market, this market is the most interesting market I've ever been involved in. Uh, You understand it very well from the the picker standpoint. Because there's not many differences, believe it or not. Yeah. You know, the numbers are a little different. But as far as, uh, you know, reselling is reselling. Doesn't matter if you're reselling a pencil, a pen, or... One point six million dollar spot, man. It's it's reselling and and yeah. history. Oh my God, yeah. history. You know, uh, I love listening to you uh, when you're speaking about the history of some item that you found because I can tell right there you're in your happy place, and that makes me happy because I get to I you, you're being generous enough uh, with that joy that I get to get a taste of it. And when I find this comic book that I remember sharing with my brother or my close friend in New York growing up in the 70s and 80s, I get that that same feeling, that same nostalgia. You know, it may not be worth a million dollars, but Doesn't it's matter. worth something to me because I remember where I was when I read that story. Yeah. I remember every detail of that book. I remember the ads because we're from that generation where entertainment in the morning was reading the back of the cereal box, man. Right. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you just sat there, you know, with your Cut, bowl. Cutting out the UPC code so you could yeah, send them just in. Yeah, reading that, the back of that box, you know. Mm. Oh, yellow number five. Huh? <laughs> you know, like, you know, it was, it was, I remember that that was like we took turns at the table. <laughs> reading the back of the cereal box well dad was reading the newspaper or mom was reading the uh the you know what uh, reader's digest reader's digest was actually a big thing back then you know we were reading we were reading the back of the cereal box man you know and then uh seeing uh, which one of our friends were missing on the milk carton (laughs) but (laughs) could probably do that now with some of oh my god uh, acquaintances yeah no kidding where are they now oh well yeah I am. Uh, I'm happy we met you, uh, and we brought you into our uh, into our circle, and you brought us into yours. Um, what's going on? Uh, what's your future like right now? Where's your business at right now? What yeah, man, doing? it's uh, it's a transition time for for me and the business for sure. I mean, you know, for a decade we had a brick and mortar antique store, and that was the goal, man. Get that thing up and get it running, and it ran itself. I mean, I had a great staff, um, which is really important, um, and just killing it. But my wife and I had a five-year plan that um, once our youngest graduated high school, we were going to go see what the rest of the world had to offer before we're too old to enjoy it. And for years, I went down to Ohio to, to go on a buying trip, and I'd bring stuff back up to Alaska. Well, I just kind of got plugged into the community down there, man. Small Amish community, small town, Midwest. It's just got that feel. 
And so uh, last March, my wife and I bought a house in a town uh, south of Canton. Nice 120-year-old house, man. It's it's great. And uh, so now I'm doing things other than antiques. I can do antiques, um, but I'm reselling other stuff too, man. Like, you know, the other day, or today, went to a yard sale, found a set of Sony headphones in the box. And if you wanted five bucks for them, check them out online. They're bringing 70 to 100 bucks. So, you know, right. that's the hustle, man. And and it's a new thing for me. It's exciting because I'm learning something new. It's still selling, it's still buying and selling, but new. So, you know, it'll be a lot of online. It'll be a lot of eBay and a lot of, uh, you know, through our Facebook page and, and, and Instagram page. But um, it's just transitioning to the online uh, the people ask if I'm going to open a store down there, and I don't think so. You know, point of moving is to be less anchored. Mm. You know, Niagara Falls is four and a half hours from our house. Neither one of us have been, but mm. we can. But we could go there for lunch and come home. Right. People ask me why are you moving to Ohio. I said, in four and a half hours, I can be in Niagara Falls. In four and a half hours from my house in Wasilla, I can be in Nenana. Where would you rather be? That's right. That's <laughs> and right. So. Um, so that's the plan, and it's it's a lot, man. It's a big change. I've been up here 27 years. My wife's been up here since she was seven. She moved here from Iowa, from a small farm in Iowa. So it's a big change for both of us. But, um, you know, through COVID and, and health stuff and everything else, we've been able to stick to that five-year plan. Um, and so it's, it's, it's real. It's uh, September 15th is the go date, so it's coming up quick. But, you know, Alaska's always going to be home. You know, I got family and friends up here my parents are here her parents are here my our grandson's up here y'all are up here so it's not like we're never coming back um but it's time to go like my wife said go see what the rest of the world has to offer and you know go spend some time exploring down there and, and spread her wings a little bit and try some different stuff so i'm excited nervous but excited too because i think man i wasn't getting complacent but i was getting comfortable mm. And getting comfortable can be dangerous when you're self-employed. Oh, yeah. Because if you're comfortable, you're not pushing yourself. That's right. And so this has been good for me, that aspect, and that it's forced me to do things out of my comfort zone. Um, and so that's been a, a blessing, too, because it's made me rethink my business and, and learn. You know, I'm watching a lot of other YouTubers that are resellers and, and, and learning how they're selling and what they're buying and, and, and all of that stuff and knowing what to look for now when I'm out, not just looking for that 100-year-old item or that 50-year-old item. Anybody can buy and sell Pyrex dishes or, you know, Alaska art or whatever. That's not it. You know, it's all the oddball stuff that you're like, why is this worth $140? But somebody's mm. willing to pay it. And it's only $2 at this yard sale, so let's go. <laughs> Yo, isn't it insane that we've shifted from being the generation that watched CNN, Fox News, and all this other stuff that I think I think I spend my majority of my research time on YouTube, man. I do. I mean, it, it's, it's I'm completely been the, disconnected from local news. I, I haven't. I can't tell you the last time I watched television. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll watch a movie, you know, streaming right. here and there. Movie, yeah, no. you know. Hey, and by the way, um, the Pirate Gold of Adak on Netflix right now. Go check it out. Eight episodes. Your boys in episode seven. Nice. Um, great story about pirate gold being hidden on Adak at the turn of the uh, 20th century, right around 1898 to 1900. Phenomenal story. My buddy Brian Weed 
uh, down in Juneau. He was on the adventure. Uh, a friend of mine, Decker, him and Ben Staley, who went to high school with my um, with my wife. Ben is one of my favorite humans on earth. Top 10 humans on earth. I love that man. Um, but they were filming out there. Decker's EP. Great. They just It's number one on new releases and number four in the world. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. And I I was blessed. I got to be the expert. So when they find something, they'd Zoom call me from ADAC and be, hey, Kelly, what's this? Um, I also got to do some prop work for them for recreations and some historical research. So that was a fun project I got to work on last summer. So, um, you know, and I'm getting, you know, more of that people reaching out because of that other production people saying hey you know can you help me with this project that project and i enjoy that too kind of being behind the scenes a little bit um and you know we did a tv show about 10 years ago and we've done a lot of sizzle reels and so i feel like i have some pretty good experience in dealing with with that and and uh, i enjoy the behind the scenes more than the but in front of the camera uh, aspect of it not that i'm opposed to it but um i really enjoy the behind the scenes stuff setting up other people to succeed because people help me so if you can do your job right it makes them succeed and it makes everything go smooth well we're um, definitely going to have those links in the description so that you guys can check it out yeah. Make, uh, we're going to have your ebay link in the description yeah we'll just the alaska picker yeah. man it's it's uh we got about 100 listings up now and once i get settled down in ohio that'll increase probably to four to five hundred listings um, and it's a variety of everything, man. It's old Alaska stuff. It's new, it's newer stuff. I mean, I just sold a transformer yesterday morning from 2016 for 110 bucks that I picked up at a yard sale for about 10 bucks. So I love the so hustle. Awesome. I love the hustle, man. It's so exciting when you see that, you know, it's funny because on my phone, when I sell something, it makes the cha-ching sound <laughs> on eBay. So I'll be laying in bed, and all of a sudden, my phone will go cha-ching, and my wife goes, what'd you sell? And I'm uh, like, oh, that's the best yeah. feeling in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I can't thank you enough, man. You've been uh, you've been a blessing, you and Amy, for me and Becky. Um, you know, not only back in the day when we were kicking indoors and chasing bad guys, um, but more, I would say, afterwards. You know, just being able to sit around and, you know, and shoot the shit and um, chop it up. Chop it up. Yeah, man. And just hustle. Yeah. And just vent. Get that stuff out. Get that bad out and then just look forward to positive stuff, man. So I appreciate you and uh, and your wife, man. It's been a blessing for us. Well, we appreciate you. We appreciate your time. Hopefully we can get you back on the show. Yeah, man. Anytime. Anytime. Well, guys, uh, we hope you enjoyed. Make sure uh, to check out the link in the description below for uh, Kelly's uh, eBay store, Alaska Picker. And also, uh, we'll have uh, the link for the Netflix uh, show. Pirate Gold of ADAC. Pirate Gold of ADAC. There you go. Guys, we appreciate you. We know you have your choice in podcasts. We appreciate you listening to ours. And we'll see you next week. Take care, guys. You just listened to the Aegis Comics of Alaska's podcast. Don't forget, new episodes drop every week. For more info about Alaska's comic book shop, visit www.aegiscomicsalaska.com.